Pixels. Lost tangents and lost lives, lost sprites and lost nights. Everything's been played and played out, but here, the skybox is the limit. To follow is a parallax scrolling, derezzed rant that's mostly about video games. Mostly. I'm Matt. And I'm Tony, and in this episode we have the mid-school memory year of 1989. Updates on what we've been playing, and a loose chat in our new segment. So let's get started. Survival Horror a genre to this date that I still panic and die at every possible turn after all these years. And I began dying in the genre we have most started, with Resident Evil. Or, let me try this, Resident Evil. The first game in the series has you surviving in the halls of a spooky mansion, trying to stay alive as all manner of ghouls and monsters try to eat you. After the stars team splits up and entering your first hallway, a slow reveal shows that not all is well in the Spencer Mansion, as you soon find out that the dead have risen and still hunger. Here, in real life, I panicked and wasted way too much ammo, as well as fighting the tank controls as much as I did this first zombie. But the easiest solution is just to run back through the door you entered and back into the waiting arms of team member Barry Burton, whose said arms are holding a magnum, which he'll use to dispatch the pursuing zombie without you ever needing to fire a shot. In a game where ammo can be scarce and is a wanted commodity, every bullet counts. It bleeds pixels. Okay, so now we'll get into what's playing, what we've been playing. I've been playing Animal Crossing New Horizons. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> I, I caught the flea, so that was pretty sweet. I did some serious grinding for this. I was time traveling, like speed, you know, speed running to get this flea, like um, the way I was like clocking in and out of the game. I even like would move my house closer to where my residents, like my villagers were in order to like quickly get out and like sprint around and find where they are. Man, I'd, I'd done it all day Saturday, like hours and hours of it, and then I ended up doing it on Sunday morning, and I just got like a, I even did like a little recording and put it up on our Facebook page, because I was like, the Switch has this like function where you can post to Facebook. Unfortunately, as far as I know, it doesn't work with Instagram, which is super annoying. Yeah. So it does this, yeah, it just captures either a screenshot or a, a short video when you like hold, hold a button down. And yeah, so anyway. Um, so is that, uh, you've caught all the bugs now? Yeah, so I got my golden net and it's so cool. Like the net has like a sheen on it. It's definitely one of the coolest, what do you call, instruments, utilities, what do you call it? <laughs> Fucking like, yeah, out accessories. of the shovel. Accessories. Like it's um, one of the coolest ones. Like the, the it just looks looks awesome. Yeah, the netting on it is kind of shimmery. Like it really looks kind of bling, you know, if you get what I mean. Yeah. Um, Are you yeah. able to get like a gold gear for yourself so you can kit yourself out like some sort of golden island pimp? Yeah, you can craft it. So I think I've got like, it's sort of like knight's armor. I've got the shoes, like boots and the like a knight's helmet, but I don't have like the leggings or the um, the upper body bit yet. So um, the torso. Nice. Bit, Next little I've, goal to work on. Next grind. Yeah, I don't know. They're quite random how you get them because you're just hoping it's in the bottle that comes up on the shore every day. Nice. Or you, um, yeah, I mean, unless someone has an extra one and that's probably how most people do it. So again, you have to go on Discord or, or, or Twitch or whatever and then like go to people's islands and 
sort of like trade or ask if they've got things and get it that way because some people get like multiple it seems to be like because you also can get a um, crafting recipe from like a villager each day but I, i'm getting doubles of everything and it's shit i've already got and i'm just hoping you know for example someone else will have doubles so of the shit i need mm. in order to trade and i think it's cool that the game en encourages you to trade and that because then it's a bit more social yeah that's that's i'm working on the shovel i must only have like a couple more encounters um with gulliver to get the shovel i'm pr must be pretty damn close what do you have to um, do to get the golden shovel because i get bugs and i get catching fish but do you just have to keep digging up certain items or yeah so you'll get some um uh broken chip pieces from gulliver he his phone's not working when you go wake him up he's on the beach stranded and he you wake him up and then he'll say oh can you grab your shovel out and um dig in the sand there's that water that spits out little dark circles that spit out and they'll give you um some little clams to um, they're not called clams they're called something else and they you can craft fish bait with that but mm -hmm. it'll randomly just spawn like your little like digital modem little pieces of the phone that you you need to click five of them and give them that and then he'll gift you like like a recipe like a crafting recipe and then after doing that so many times he'll give you the recipe for a golden shovel right yeah so that's that's where i'm at with that um and i haven't i actually just played it just a little bit just before just to see what it's like it's pretty awesome like um on there's a sale on the switch store i think they kind of i feel like they're doing it a little bit due to the pandemic and that um mm -hmm. i see in the states and that they've got like more games and different variety and like other discounts but anyway there's some cheap games like for example i got doom the ah, original yeah. the original doom and there's like doom one two three uh 64 and there's like the remake like a new one and that and they're all like heavily discounted so it was like I four bucks it, i almost find it crazy to think that like doom has ended up on the nintendo systems because I just, you know, always think of them being so yeah. family friendly and Doom back in the day was the worst thing any kid could play because parents would freak out. But there it is. Yeah, exactly. It still is pretty, pretty extreme. Like, um, you know, the the way you shoot the body and the body just splits apart and blood goes yeah. everywhere. It is. It is. It's more the gore. Eh? It's mm. it's definitely like the fact that it's more of a gore. And I guess up until then, they really up until then there really wasn't anything like that either you know you had wolfenstein but it was you know the same thing it was again you shot things and they exploded viscera everywhere but yeah to, to the fact that those games are now on the nintendo system because i guess what now exists in the world is a lot gorier like the actual latest doom was it doom eternal uh, yeah you know, you're, you're pulling out people's eyeballs and shooting down their guts and I remember um, I wanted to play um, Until Dawn, but I think that's a PS4 exclusive, and I watched a playthrough of that, and that was awesome, because that was like a real horror movie. Yes, that's, um, that's the kind of one where you're playing through almost like a slasher film, right? And people are, it's like make a decisions. Cho choose your own adventure, but yes. it's, uh, and you can pick a different person. You're picking you're different people you're playing as, and um, I just randomly thought of another game then, the Friday the 13th game. That's yes. kind of that's kind of freaky. Like, um, it's not really, the graphics are kind of shitty in that, in my opinion, but it's like, I love the concept. Yeah, it seemed um, like a really good gimmick. Like, you know, because it's, it's a multiplayer game, right? And one of you's Jason, and the other one's trying to escape. Oh. Yeah, and it's funny, because I played that with my um, seven-year-old, and I could hide out. <laughs> I could hard out tell that it like scared the shit out of him because he was like, I want to play it. I want to play it. And I was like, you're too young, man. Like, no. And we played some other stuff and then it was just there. And I thought, oh, 
I'll try. And we did it. And I could tell he was a bit like, uh, like he was like giving me the controller. Like, can you do it? Yeah. And then, and then that, that night when he went to bed, he was like freaked out. And I was like, yeah, okay, sweet. We won't do that. And <laughs> it cracked me up. It was quite cute because he, he calls him James. He's like, can uh, we, can we play James? And I'm like, <laughs> it just, yeah. It cracks I'm me surprised up. you don't like, you know, give him a clip. Jason. Idiot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that, well, that's the thing. I'm half like, it's real cute and half like super annoyed that he can't get the name right. <laughs> yeah. That's, um, that's definitely the parent I would be. I would be like, no, you little dummy. Yeah, for sure. Um, and so pitch. like on the, on the Switch um, store, like I still, um, I still want to play a whole bunch of stuff, but I saw like Skyrim was half price. There's an Ace Attorney game, which is something I always wanted to play on. Ah, uh, yeah, the, the Phoenix Wright games, right? I yes. again, have not played, but they always look, I've always wanted to play them too. Yeah, it's just something that looks like real interesting and different. And you can get, this, I think it's a trilogy and it's like half price. It's like, I think it's only like 20 something bucks at the moment. Nice. And I was like, man, I should, I should grab that. Because um, those are basically choose your own adventure games sort of as well, right? Like you just amass information and make decisions and then the game will play out depending on what decisions you've chosen and what, because, you know, you're trying to unravel a crime. So I guess the amount of evidence, so how much work you put in is the results you'll get. It sounds fucking dope. Yeah, it's the, the concept is real cool and it's completely different to that. And again, I haven't played as attorney yet, but I've played LA Noir. Have you played that? Uh, yeah, I played it. Uh, a little bit didn't finish it i found all the characters to be douchebags it was like playing <laughs> yeah. mad mad men the game it has a quite a bit of a you know well spoilers for anyone but i found the you know the ending or towards the storyline actually quite sad and bleak yes. and i was just a bit like fucking hell like yeah it's not just like a murder thing it goes into like the actual character you're playing and what happens with him and it's like oh shit it's quite um but yeah i, I really liked you know coming upon a murder scene and i mean everyone's got this obsession at the you know with like murder mysteries and mm -hmm. netflix and um uh, the torture porn podcasts yeah, totally. Uh, like so, but it's this Maybe video we game. To, we might have to turn this into a torture porn podcast just to actually get people to listen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That seems to be a genre that everybody really loves, which is real crazy. Like people are uh, interested in, in murder and, and that sort of thing, which is well, I think it just proves that everybody's a fucking psycho. <laughs> yeah, pretty down, much, man. Deep down at heart, everyone actually has you know fascinations about how would I get away with it. Yeah, it's like I, it's like I'm a really good person, but what if I wasn't? Yeah, <laughs> it's like what if I, you know, this, that's it's even. I think I remember uh, watching Mindhunter, uh, which is yeah. on, yep. on Netflix. You've seen that? Yes, for those that I love. I love that. It yeah. was great, right? For those that haven't, it's uh, a sort of show about the beginnings of the FBI doing criminal profiling, so they're interviewing other mass murderers serial killers and stuff like that and yeah, it was before it was before the term serial killer was coined yes, they, they were trying that yeah so they go into the mind of them or well, it's called mindhunter so it's pretty obvious yeah. what it's about but um, even as i was watching that a part of me was like huh how would i do this i can see how that guy got caught so i'd be like oh well i'd do this differently and then as i was watching it was like oh i should not think that so it was unsettling me so at least i felt i'm not a complete psychopath because i did feel empathy for people that were getting cut to pieces so yeah it's it's interesting because i think it, there is a mix there with the mind and it's to do with you're brought up but the things that happen in your life but then there's also the fact that you make that decision to do that yep you can blame it on certain things and you can be like oh it's my childhood or it's things i've been through or it was my parents or or you know it's sort of like a perfect storm of iq mixed with 
events that happened mm. and and didn't happen and and the means yeah and the reason and like a power thing and like a and a psychopath like because people have psychopathic tendencies but they don't murder people mm. it's kind of like this perfect storm in them and I, yeah i think that's what makes people so um interested in it but yeah anyway that yeah the la nor game i found that was um yeah, that was pretty cool. I really liked, obviously, like they were doing this face recognition thing and trying to get people to, you know, you find out like you're trying to ask them questions and see if they're lying or not. And I could not decipher if they were lying. <laughs> yes, I, 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 I remember having a similar problem. I was like, well, look, they're doing a fucking douchey smirk. Of course they're lying or at least withholding the information. So you'd pick that option and then it was like you chose wrong. I was like, what? <laughs> the initial roll up to the crime scene and you're like, whoa. And you're like looking for shit is real cool. Yes. Um, well, I just realized yeah. I, might, I might actually be a psychopath because I can't read human faces. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's funny how the gimmick for that game was the face reading, mm. but it felt like the face reading didn't match what the questions were to, for you to answer the right shit. Because then if you didn't answer the right questions, you don't get the information from them. And then you're like, fuck, what do I do now? Yeah. Um, locked off. Yeah, you're sort of locked off from that person. You've got to figure out another way to find out your information. But anyway, that was about it for um, what I've been playing and things. What have you mm -hmm. been playing, man? Uh, I'm still trophy hunting in Fist of the North Star. Uh, I got the Death Cry one. Uh, I am now working on... There's a sort of side quest with the... There's a Colosseum. So you sort of have a way to actually fight old bosses throughout okay. the game. Uh, and then, yeah, I, they... As you beat them they give you a decent item but then you get the chance like i think there's like five tiers or so that so you can then fight them again get a better item but they've leveled up like 10 times so it gets pretty hard so i have not actually beaten all of them there's a, a trophy for beating all of them so i'm slowly working my way through it because even though there is obviously some strategy to this i am still a little bit button mashy with it and just try and rely on in the right position you can just pull off a quick move and i realize oh i actually kind of need to almost play it a little bit more like a fighting game. Learn to block, learn when to do things, learn when to activate items and all that. But yeah, just ticking away with trophy hunting. So yeah, I don't have too much more to report on then, apart from hopefully next week being able to say, I got said trophy. Nice, that's awesome. Rad. We're into chill chats. We're just going to have a random chat about shit that's going on. Mm -hmm. um, I finally had a look and saw that um, Auckland Armageddon is coming up. That's pretty hype. Rad, yes. Coming on the back of uh, me visiting the Wellington one. Yeah, so I was a bit super sad, boys, if I'm honest, that I was like, oh, man, like I just never go to these things. And I was a bit like, man, when's it going to happen? And it's just like October 23rd to the 26th, 2020. And I'm just like, Oh, that's perfect. I mean, yeah. So, I mean, I don't know what's happening. We haven't even spoke off mic about this or whatever, but I'm, I'm inviting you if you would like to. <laughs> you could fly up, stay at my residence. Um, we could drive there. We could even get a place in Auckland to crash one night. Um, I don't know if you want to do two days or one day or um, what. what's your thoughts on it? Nah, man. Fuck that. Fuck that. Fuck you. I don't want to. Oh man! <laughs> <laughs> I was like, how long? How long do I let him go before I actually just go like, nah? On, <laughs> nah, not keen. Hey, eh? uh, probably just go by yourself. Hey, eh? let's just keep up appearances. Like, we're not actually real friends, right? This is all like I'm playing a character. Nah, man. I would. Uh, thank you. I'm literally like blushing from the invite. Of course, I'll make it up. 
make an oh, appearance. Oh, well, you're not invited, man. You can't come. <laughs> when, you, when, you get, when you get off the fucking plane, I'm like, I'm there, but I just go, fuck you, you motherfucker, and drive <laughs> off. Hold up a sign, like, you know, how it usually has people's last name to get in a limo. It's actually just a uh, um, sign that says, eat a dick, Matt. There's a guy that's you, but it's like he's got a monobrow, and he just, like, gets in the... <laughs> <laughs> the evil version of me. Yeah. I do the quick squint, and then it's like, I just hang out in the, the Hamilton airport for three days. <laughs> I can't afford another ticket. <laughs> um, the timing is good for me to save some money so I can actually purchase some goods uh, I can tell you right now what you'll be buying again as I said lots of pop vinyls but way too expensive giant goodie bags with not much in them yeah that's alright just knives and guns we'll just knives get knives and, and guns. guns I need to bring fidget yeah. spinners back yeah do some fads I'll bring some chatterings they, there was a table selling chatterings. I can't believe I didn't remember that. Like, I was like, holy shit. And yeah, 30 bucks. So I remember being so poor, I, everyone at school had one and I, I, I couldn't afford one. So I tried to make one in metalworking and it didn't work. I didn't know what I was doing. I, I, I did a ring, put the, the bolts on and then soldered it so the rings wouldn't pass past a certain uh, point. Yeah. yeah, I was thinking, I was thinking how the, the hardest thing of that would maybe do the perfect circle with the metal but yeah. yeah if you solder it yeah, yeah it's so um I did not <laughs> I sorry, half a chattering pretty much i just remember the noise of the fucking thing it was like a white noise at school for like a month or however long that fad lasted yep. but yeah, yeah. Uh, i'd definitely be keen for armageddon that sounds rad sweet we'll go but, for a wander there and you can show me the ropes and i hope there's wrestling fingers crossed yes i think as someone pointed out to me i think i missed because it was only two days i believe in wellington I didn't think it was the Friday as well. But yeah, someone was like, it might have been the day before. But I was like, that seems a bit like there was no even space for where it would have been for them to break it down. Do you they think it's because actually... they want like no, uh, no touching and, you know, because of what's happening and stuff? I don't know. You would hope so, really, because yeah. New Zealand has been pretty lucky with what the lockdown has been. The fact that I was able to sort of walk around and no one's caught it from Armageddon. So what's a few greasy oiled up men rubbing balls in each other's faces and costumes yeah i mean everyone's around each other touching the same fucking pop vinyl 30 times or mm-hmm. 30 times a hundred thousand times Pretty um much. yeah so what have you been to an auckland one before no i've only done the wellington ones oh well that'll be cool for you then because it'll yeah. be and just it'll, break, just, break uh, us, it'll break us both in <laughs> <laughs> pop that auckland cherry yeah yeah and just even a chance to you know have a bit of a a holiday a getaway because there's one thing to sort of have a holiday in your hometown because that just becomes normality right because you just go into the same haunts you used to but we've got a few mates up in auckland that might come pay us a visit too i don't know if they'd be keen on armageddon that would even be funny to drag a few extras along we'll walk around we can do another little uh recording and interview and obviously with you coming up here we might be able to record special edition podcasts where we're in the fucking same room like... <laughs> yeah i was just yeah. thinking that once a year we actually meet up and do and do one in, in person it's funny because the way i'm thinking of it is like a vlog but podcast style it's mm-hmm. just like here's matt matt is coming to the car hello matt <laughs> you're like in the car <laughs> Are you going to the bathroom matt yes <laughs> fuck off <laughs> here's matt asleep here's matt with here's matt asleep with um ham on his face <laughs> Here's Matt asleep with his shoes off and me painting his toenails. Here's me picking up all the items that um, Matt purchased and putting them in sexual positions. 
I think that's all I had to say about that. I mean, it's the Friday to the Monday. It's like 25 bucks at the moment. I think it's like you get a 10% discount in the first week buying a ticket, but we'll just buy them later, as we always do with yep. shit. Do that later. Do that tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, do it. Do it. <laughs> but yeah, I don't think I want to go four days. I think one or two days would be enough. Um, mm. I'm just thinking when the... Okay, so me being an antisocial, don't like being around crowds kind of person is kind of like, what day would be the best but with less people? <laughs> yeah, Sunday at, you know, four in the afternoon when everyone's left. But I don't know. I mean, I kind of want to go on the first day to get the full oomph of it and to um, get those limited edition Chase Pop finals. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But um, seriously. <laughs> no, but no, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm keen with that too. I guess we should put on a show, so we might as well be there from the get-go. Yeah, so maybe like the first and second day or something like that, but work out when the, the wrestling is on and um, just shit like that. Okay, I'll merge into a, a segue of talking about... Um, have you watched so i haven't watched them but i keep getting prompted on all my social media you should check out the vice um dark side of the ring like have you watched uh, yep. that? uh not all of them but i definitely have seen a few episodes because they just pop up on youtube that's sort of i was actually watching them during lockdown they were sort of releasing them someone was releasing them quite quickly i don't actually think it was officially vice but um okay. yeah so i've seen the, the the latest season the one that's probably you know turned second season second season is um yeah, that was sort of the one that got everybody's attention because I think they were doing some of the, I guess, biggest stories in 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 the wrestling. Like the Owen Owen Hart and the Chris. Do you say it, Chris Benoit or Ben? Correct, Ben Benoit. Yeah, yeah Benoit. I thought so. Um, yeah, that, I think that was the main one everyone was waiting for, basically. Like, which uh, for those not in the know was a big scandal because he was a active wrestler that sort of uh, disappeared, and then when he turned up, it was because he had murder suicided his entire family and sort of backlash from that was like you know was it steroids was it uh brain damage was he a psycho all sorts so spoilers kind of all three yeah so i saw i seen a little segments where they took us obviously took his brain out and analyzed it and it was like fucked from wrestling like yeah uh, he had like in the knockouts which is happening now they're discovering that with a lot of athletes and gridiron and BMX and things. There's people that have like committed suicide and mm. all that, and that's they're finding. The, that. Yeah, it, it's it's the this you know there's obviously the obvious point when you get sort of a, a major concussion, but they have yeah the science now has basically figured out that if you don't heal it properly, even just the littlest little bump, you'll just get another minor concussion, and they keep building consecutive concussions, and they keep building and building and building until yeah, as they said with Benoit, they did a, a cut out a bit of his brain and examined it, and he was he was. 40 years old, I believe, or around his 40s, but had the brain of a 80-year-old man. So he was not altogether with it because that was sort of the whole thing. Like, it was so unexpected that he did this. But who knows? There was a lot more, obviously, going through his mind than anyone would actually know. And, you know, it was a shame. But, yeah, and it was definitely a, a period in wrestling where everyone was, you know, decrying it. Because yeah. there is uh, not just that. It, it is actually sort of just these guys do get these injuries and are still expected to to continue, you know you're fine, get on, you know, keep wrestling and the major damage that it's happening. Because what they also do is is go like, I'm all right, I'm all right. Yes. Uh, like we've we've experienced that firsthand with a friend that knocked himself out and yeah. I, I he tried to get right. in his car and <laughs> drive away. And I recall you jumping in front of the car so that he doesn't drive away. Like that's yes. how much 
no, I, well, I ended up sitting outside the passenger seat with the car door open, <laughs> yeah. half sprawled out. Just, and that was the only thing that he would sort of click that he was like, oh, he couldn't drive away while the car door was open. I wasn't even too sure if he was completely aware I was even in the car at that stage. But. Yeah, because I'd been knocked out a few times before. About three I've had, mm. and one of them being real gnarly and like pretty much being in hospital and not remembering a week of my life. So like I, I had like experience with it and I was like, oh, we should probably just ring the Ambo. Like even mm. though he was, it's kind of like, oh, we'll just just in case yeah um well yeah. also i because that i myself had never been around someone that was concussed and i remember he was bmxing out the back of your house landed wrong doing a jump knocked himself out i'd never seen it before so i immediately started laughing because i thought he was faking because he was just on the ground snoring yeah because it is funny but it's like <laughs> when, yeah. and I, screwed, like, oh you're having a sleep yeah <laughs> and i thought he was joking i almost sort of just walked up and was going to give him a kick like stop fucking <laughs> Stop mocking me. What are you doing? But then you were like, yeah. no, 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 he, he's, he's out. And yeah, watching that all unfold. Because it took ages. And yeah, so irrational. And yeah, these guys are doing that live on TV and still having to pretend to. You can see sometimes when there's really bad ones because, you know, it's a danger then too because they're, they're sort of on autopilot. They know they're meant they to do They can endanger the other. Yeah. Or yeah. just continually keep knocking themselves out. Yeah. It's a, it's, a, it's a crazy world. It is a crazy world. And yeah, these guys are also sort of trained, even not just the knockout, like even, you know, they get through the match, then, you know, th these guys then have to maybe wrestle the next day on a house show, which is, you know, they don't film it, but they're, they're constantly doing stuff. And you sort of learn uh, that if you sort of say that you're sick or injured, you'll lose your spot. If you're out of sight, if you're not on TV, people forget about you kind of quickly, unless you're, you know, a superstar. So sometimes these guys just be like, no, 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 I'm fine. It's cool. I can keep going. And yeah, not just concussions like knee injuries they'll keep hurting their knee until they're you know effed up beyond recognition so. yeah and they're obviously on shit in order to like numb yep. that to yep. get hot. Uh... And the other thing that i've been becoming an old man myself is like i'm looking at these guys in the ring for example and i'm just like they're like bald and like real like getting old like yes. when i was younger you don't think like that you're so young you're just like let's do this and smash them and all of this but it's like i don't well, mind watching people when they're like maybe 20s doing that but when they get, when you get to like your 30s it's kind of like oh man that's it's yeah. not so good it's not so good anymore you know it's easy the there tiger that goes with like almost all sport i feel yeah. like you know when you see somebody that's older and they're trying to be young again in their sport it's quite like oh it's a bit like i don't know yeah yeah i mean I, and i guess that's sort of the the mentality that they have too because it's you know, there's the age-old question, is wrestling fake? And to that, I just say, it's not fake, it's predetermined. Yep. So, you know, you're skirting the rules in. Everyone knows that it's 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 not legitimate. Uh, how how are you going to do that sort of shit and not know what's going to happen? Exactly. You're going you're gonna to have to know what that guy's going to do because he has to break his fall and not completely snap your neck and yes. in front so, of like... So there is athleticism to it. But yeah, it is it is predetermined. They're, they're talking in the ring the whole time. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, that was even an old gimmick where, you know, now everything's mic'd up. And it's even sort of more hilarious, the fact that wrestling's still continuing with lockdown and no crowds, that, you know, you could hear every sort of thing they were saying to each other quite clearly. But that right. was uh, the old carny wrestling mentality was that's why they all had long hair, because it was to put in front of your face and mask when you were talking to someone. 
oh, wow, that's awesome. And also what they call a rest spot is when you sort of have someone in a headlock is usually you've got someone in a headlock and while you're doing it, you know, you're just pretending that you're choking them out, but you're usually going, okay, so what are the next three spots we're doing? Okay. So they'll be like, okay, once I get up out of this headlock, I'm going to push you in the ring uh, against the ropes, then clothesline, you get up, another clothesline, you get up, then I'll do a drop kick. And then right. lo and behold, they do exactly that. And then often if they're, if they're garbage, then it's usually just straight back to a headlock to be like, okay, so what's next? That's cool. That's nice knowing the ins and outs of that shit. But yeah, um, because of that though, and I think this is sort of going back to the age thing, because people still have that mentality of it's predetermined, it's fake. Of course, you know, a guy that's 60 can keep wrestling, and I'm doing that in parentheses, because yeah. they're like, you know, they're like, oh, it's not real. He's going to catch him. So, of course, you know, the Undertaker can come back and keep fighting into his 60s. When in reality, I mean, he can, because he's a character, and that's what people are in love with. But he's still a 60-year-old man that he might be good, but, you know, you get three minutes into a match, and the fake athleticism is still blowing them up, and then they're, like, tired, and then they start dropping people on their heads, and it's a shit show. It's, it's hard to watch. So these guys end up with like a longer shelf life wrestling longer than they should and in turn doing more damage. It's really a fucked up thing to get such enjoyment out of. <laughs> yeah, I think when you don't think about it, it's awesome. And then the more you think about it, it's quite sad mm. and fucked. And that's um, kind of like the, I think even what the sort of new fans that exist in wrestling. It's like everyone's evolved past being a mark and, you know, cheering for Hulk Hogan because he's the you know greatest good guy or, or baby faces they call them in the business that ever lived and you know he'll get beaten up but he'll come back and he can body slam even Andre the Giant who's 83,000 pounds all that sort of crap yeah that so... people now look at it like more behind the scenes and they find out all like you know what's going on when they're not in the ring and who hates who and backstage politics and you know, the dark side of the ring, all the people that are addicted to painkillers. And there's like a, yeah. almost, it's almost the same way that we were talking earlier about how there's a, a love for crime and torture porn. It's all just the, the seedy underbelly that people are addicted to. I, I, I'm guilty of it. I enjoy hearing stories about, you know, this person didn't like this or that guy was smacked out of his brain or yep. it's a fucked up world that people are into that sort of shit. But we've all got our, vices you can have you can have an obsession with like watching the top dog fall or yeah um everyone wants to be like well this person's so awesome but he struggled through this so it normalizes you because you're like well i'm going through shit mm. and like so but these people's lives are all perfect but in reality everyone's got shit yeah and, um and that's yeah. kind of what i think wrestling is it's, it's like a proxy it's like you you relate to someone their storylines are outlandish and other times they're kind of just you know normal i've got an issue with you because of this blah 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 blah. and then in the real world you might have a similar issue with someone and you know it has to get settled passively in this world yeah. it gets settled by having a choreographed fight for 15 minutes in front of yeah thirty thousand people and it's you know spectacle so you sort of live vicariously through these guys because you can't leg drop and drop kick and do a stone cold stunner to your co-worker but these guys can so so my era of wrestling was with me and my friend Richard, and we used to watch wrestling. So I don't know a lot about it. I would play the games, and I would mm -hmm. just we would get hype for it. On, I mean, I'm trying to remember. Was it Friday night? I think it was Friday night or Saturday night. It was um, both, I think, actually. Yeah, I know that there was like the WCW, but then there was like WWF. But on our TV stations, they didn't show the WWF. I think you had to have Sky. So I never saw. 
the WWF very much because I remember wanting to watch The Undertaker and Man. Oh man, I knew Mankind was awesome, but like this. So this is like late nineties. I remember Richard and I going to the warehouse, and this is a whole thing of where like I would buy something and be kind of embarrassed that I liked it and wanted it, but fuck it. This is what we were hyped. Richard got Randy Savage, and I think I got. I can't remember. I actually honestly can't remember the one I got. It might have been Sting or something like that. Did he have face paint? Yeah, so I know I know Sting, but I can't recall the one I had. But I remember, I remember Richard because Richard would always be like, "Oh yeah," like he, <laughs> he like loves saying that. So our thing was we would always wrestle on the tramp, or we would get at my house because he didn't have a tramp, or at his house we would we would make like a mattress land and have like a sleepover. Yeah, and we'd like watch the wrestling, and then we would then wrestle, and we would like grab his little brother <laughs> and like wrestle him hard out. We could throw him around. That was um, me anyway, and intermediate. I was the small. I was always small enough to be so. Whenever there was a train, people were trying to choke slam me, power yeah. bomb me. I'm so I'm so glad I didn't end up breaking my neck. Yeah. Awesome. That's awesome. But I remember they had these soft toys and they were like, um, they would make noise in them. Do you know what I'm talking about? They like right. bash brawlers or some shit. And you I like think I know exactly what you're talking about because I, land on them I and that, one. Yeah, they would make make noise and do the characters' manner. Oh, not mannerisms, but their sayings. And yep. yeah, I remember because um, there wasn't any like action figures and stuff. So that I recall anyway. So I remember buying them. But I remember it was like the Goldberg Sting era of wrestling. Yep. But personally, I didn't really give a fuck much about any of them. I loved Rey Mysterio. Yes, me too. And the whole reason why with him is because he would flip from rope the ropes. And um, his shit was just, to me, whenever he was on, I was like, whoa. And I loved his mask, you know, Mysterio, like he was mysterious. And yeah, and that's all I really recall was just loving Rey Mysterio Jr. And watch, loving him do backflips off the uh, ropes and shit. But I hard out remember loving, like doing those things and that. But I remember always wanting to watch WWF, but it wasn't on just normal TV. No, it, was always- it, it showed up a bit later because... What's the period that you're talking about? It's the Attitude Era, which is kind of considered after the Hulkamania is actually like the sort of most uh, the the time when wrestling was at its most popular. Was it was like WCW versus NWO or some shit like that? Yes, and they had what was known as the Monday Night Wars, and mainly in America, which was Raw for the WWF was on, and at the same time Nitro from WCW was on. Uh, yeah. So you, it was kind of a period, at least overseas, where you had to. You, you had to pick one. You could only watch one. But yep. we used to get WCW on Fridays because I remember watching it late night and then going to play like, sorry, it's been a few episodes, but sports <laughs> the next the yeah. next day. And being like Fully. excited and like sort of rocked up, like I'm going to fucking hit that person real hard. Because you know, <laughs> Goldberg used to do the spear, which was basically a, 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 a really nasty looking tackle. So I was like, oh, I'm okay running into people at high speeds trying to, <laughs> trying to spear people. But yeah. then after a while, I think it was like, I, I don't think it started as C4, but there was that fourth TV channel that turned up in okay. New Zealand. And then, yeah, you would, then they were playing WWF. So you'd sort of get some on Sunday, but then Saturday would be when WWF was on. So, yeah, I stopped sort of being social and would just be like, Friday night was my watching Nitro. Saturday night was watching Raw. Uh, and then, yeah, so we didn't really get, the Monday Night War that they did in the States. So I know everyone was sort of like picking sides, but I was able just to watch both of them. So I definitely did prefer the WWF in the end because how that started was exactly the same way. I would watch 
WCW because they had Rey Mysterio and all the cruiserweights. So they had all the, the Mexican wrestlers, the luchadors. And you know, it seemed a little more glossy. Yes. Like, they yeah. had they would have amazing undercards. So all the matches leading up to the main event were amazing. Because you yep. had, well, you know, even though it's weird to speak highly of him, but Chris Benoit was actually really entertaining to watch as a wrestler. Yeah. You know, he ended up a creepy murderer later in life, but you didn't know that at the time. <laughs> so, you know, you were cheering for the, and you know, <laughs> terrible to say his nickname was the Crippler. Was kind of, <laughs> yeah. And his whole character was that he was like, I'm, I'm mean and I'm nasty and I break bones and I'm a psycho. And it was like, well, yep. you know, the shoe fits. But their, yeah, main event right. was, their main event was terrible because then it would be Hulk Hogan, who was too old, usually wrestling for five minutes, always winning, and then, you know, fuck finishes when everyone ran in, so nothing conclusive. Whereas WWF had terrible undercards because it was all the, like, weird double-job gimmicks, and you had porn stars and pimps because, again, attitude error. But their main event was then Stone Cold, who was amazing and just, you know, he didn't even have to do much because his neck was fucked at that stage, but him just turning up and stunnering people and... You know, The Rock was turning into a huge superstar and was amazing to hear just his, him talk was impressive. So if there was a merger, as they've said, you know, if you had the undercard of WCW and the main event of WWF, that would be amazing programming. To an extent, I got that because, yeah, I didn't have to wait. I didn't have to pick one. I just have to, well, you know, wait a day and I got to watch it all. And they were, I remember even that TV4 was giving away their pay-per-views for free. Out of date, which was always a funny thing. So what I was actually watching was like a month late. Didn't matter. I didn't have the internet, so I couldn't actually read all the, what is known as the dirt sheets or the, the backstage politics. And I was just so caught up in it. Yeah, and, you know, lived my fantasies out. I didn't have friends that I could watch it with or... I had a little sister, but I don't think she would have appreciated me trying to clothesline her. So I used to go... <laughs> Uh, into my room I had a couch that would fold out uh, right onto the floor and I would grab pillows and just pretend to pile drive them and slam them so my parents were probably like that my parents probably wished I was masturbating uh, <laughs> I was not I was pretending to you know rub up against cushions <laughs> but that you know door would close and they'd be like what the fuck is he doing in there I mean seriously when is he gonna touch his dick <laughs> yeah be normal jacket like girls like what's this wrestling stuff <laughs> the fucking weirdo <laughs> yeah um uh awesome <laughs> <laughs> um around about this time towards the end so i remember stone cold and i remember wanting to watch wwf so towards the end of me watching wrestling which is kind of sad that i completely dropped off it but i obviously other things in my life were happening and i was my focus was elsewhere, but I grew up liking the ultimate warrior and things like this. Yep. I was obviously like, where is he? What's going on? I didn't know whatever, what, what happened. I w would go to blockbuster or video easy or United video. And I would start hiring out the v VHS tapes of the WrestleManias like from, so I tried to watch them the earliest I could right mm -hmm. the way through. So yeah, I'd pick up these dirty, gross, cause you know, like they're not the new VHS tapes or I think DVDs, yeah, DVDs would have been coming in then. Yeah, mm. they would have been. So yeah, I'd go to the VHS and you know how gross they were because they would actually be, 
it wouldn't be like the take-home case, like the actual case of the VHS from back in, you know, the early night, whenever, like the early 90s or whatever. Yeah. It was like that one. So they were so disgusting. Yeah. And I just remember taking them home and watching them and loving. I started loving like retro, which is funny because I was kind of young, but I was into more. I think I lost touch of the new wrestling and I was like, I want to know. I want to watch Hulk Hogan. Where, where, did, where did he start? And where's old, the Ultimate Warrior and Jack the Snake and mm-hmm. Hacksaw Jim Duggan and like all these all of these guys i wanted to see andre the giant and all this stuff so i got obsessed with watching that yeah and that was pretty much the end of me watching wrestling at that point but that was a cool era of, of that yeah yeah man the whole mania era but this the talk we've just had we've kind of freestyled and i actually had more written down that i want to talk about but we've been talking for a while and it perfectly segues me specifically into my mid-school memory Okay, so my mid-school memory is probably one of my personal favorites. I'm so glad I randomly chose 1989. Mm. Um, I was actually a little bit like, I, you know, did you do it as a joke? My memories only started in like 1997. Yeah, like, you, you realize, like, so like I said to you, is like we've played arcades and we've played games from that era. We've mm. just played them later. This is a game that I played in that era even though it's from 1989 this would have been 90s when i when i played it because we live in new zealand as well so sometimes when we're saying the game came out here especially in the early days it's going to take a while to get to little old new zealand yeah they forget about us quite a bit yeah and i I, i've australia i've been (laughs) yeah fully i've been wanting to sort of hit the nail on the head with this so it's kind of worked out really well with what we were just talking about and it segues me into it which is like sort of spoils spoils it it was hard for me not to in the last section start going into it Mm. so anyway um my mid-school memory i remember obviously um if you remember back to was it our second episode we spoke about like games we played um and how our our gaming history and a time warp Mm -hmm. and i so we had a, I'm trying to remember the era. So it probably would have been, it would have been when we had the master system. Yep. And obviously, so with a console, you just don't have the power of an arcade. And I hadn't seen an arcade before in my life. So I'll go, I'll just, I'm jumping a little bit, but I'll go back a little bit. So during my life, I've had addictions. Like I haven't realized. Crack, it sex. <laughs> Yeah, so my first addiction was crack, <laughs> and I was four. Yeah. No, and so, you've been going the other way, like rather than getting more hardcore, it's just it's now just video games and pop vinyls. Yeah, I'm it's sort of like I'm reverting back to what I was into before. I'm again, I'm turn, I'm a man child. <laughs> so, so like my first obsession was candy, so like lollies at the dairy, mm-hmm. and that quickly snowballed into wrestling. The double, I think they would, they would, they would have been WWF wrestling cards with the gum in them. Yep, with the bubble gum. Yeah, so that was like an addiction. On the, and the same token, I had a love, a massive love, even more so for the garbage pail um, cards, garbage pail uh, kits. Yep. Did yeah, they so with, that, they came with gum as well, right? They came with gum as well. Yeah. Yeah. And these were like an addiction I had. So I would do like chores at home and I must've been about five or something. I was quite young. I mean, well, yeah, I can't remember the exact year that this, this would have happened, but I, I would have been the game I'm talking about is from 1989, but you get what I mean. Mm-hmm. We were born, well, I was born in 1984 anyway. So yeah, I'm like doing chores and shit and I would like go to the dairy and I had this obsession. So I knew what WWF was just from the cards. And I don't know if I'd ever seen it before. I must have seen ads or there must have been something on TV about it. But anyways, and you've got to remember I'm playing Master System. So it's like early platformers and like 
hang on and, and things like that. So yeah. in the cool games, the Master System had a knack for being really colorful compared to some of the other consoles. And for its time, it was a very kid-friendly, colorful, you know, 8-bit console. But And then the PCs didn't have the power that they have now or obviously like anyway yeah they weren't actually think thought of as, as gaming consoles like they no, and they were more like you say it'll be like the um text adventures and shit like yeah. that so anyway so i'm rolling up to get my fucking like probably my wwf cards and, and my garbage pal cards because I, I would go for them because obviously i was, i started realizing i loved which i realized now it was like collecting vibe like mm. i I, I've always kind of been like that. Sometimes I wouldn't stick with it, but um, this was like a, yeah. Anyway, so collecting cards and shit, and I was like, fuck, I'm going to go get some. So I roll up, and I instantly see, which I now know is like, I, I, I struggle with anxiety. Mm-hmm. And this is me as a little kid, and I know this is it's probably one of the first times I would extremely, um, I just felt like threatened. Like there was like teenagers all around hovering around this machine, which I didn't know was an arcade. And I'm like walking up and, you know, you're hoping they don't say something or push you or spit on you or take your money. Yep. Yeah. Beat me up or whatever. I was just kind of like, cause I'm big now, but I was little then and I'm pretty sure I was by myself and I, I was rocked up and I was like, holy shit. And I remember looking up and just totally that scaredness just disappeared when I saw this arcade. So this arcade was um, sitting outside of my local dairy, which was probably like, you know, like 50 meters from my house, I'd walk out of my street and then just down the road, there was this dairy. And as a kid, I spent like all of my pocket money there. Yeah, so this arcade was manufactured by Technos Japan, released in 1989, and it was the first WWF arcade released. Our games with the same title were made on the Game Boy by LJN. It's an upright standing arcade cabinet for WWF superstars. I can recall being in awe of the power of the graphics and the sound bites and the you know what i mean like the graphics mm. and the, there was like cutscenes in between matches where the people the characters would do their mannerisms and yeah. their, their sayings and because the consoles i was playing they didn't have the power to sort of do that yeah and i'd, I'd never seen an arcade in person before so i was just like holy shit and they were not only fighting in the ring they were like pulling each other out of the ring and you could do out of the ring fighting. You could get a chair and like smash, sm- you know, like get like weapons and shit. Yep. Oh man. Like, um, like it just hypes me now talking about it. But the sad thing is, is I was too young. So I don't, I'm pretty sure I never played it. Like I, I probably could, you know, I couldn't quite like stand there and play it properly. Cause I was too short. Yep. I would. So again, this is where my love for just, <laughs> who knows how long I fucking stood there for, but I just like watched these kids play it and, you know, they were swearing and spitting and, and smoking. And I was just like, Oh, this is so cool. Like I was just, I couldn't believe it. Eh? Um, unfortunately, I don't think the arcade lasted very long due to the local youths, probably like, you know, stealing from the store and yeah. what else they did. and scaring off adults that wanted to come in and, yeah, and they were probably like at night, you know, probably breaking it and like trying to break into the arcade. And they're heavy bastards too, so they probably had to wheel the thing in and out. But I just have this awesome memory. I thank them so much for. I mean, they took all my money when I was a kid, but <laughs> they were designed to do. Yeah, but for this, oh, I mean, the dairy itself. But um, oh, gotcha. <laughs> yeah, the dairy took all my money. But I thank them for having this arcade out, outside. It was just. Man, I can't even really – it's hard for me because I can't really even describe in words how awesome it was. No. And I, I think even I'll just – I'll say because I remember, like, similar 
feelings when I came across them. Because, yep. yeah, in New Zealand, they you, especially because depending where you were, uh, it was sort of small town. Because I remember sort of running into them a lot when I was living in Whanganui. They never actually had like sort of, uh, in the smaller towns, an outright like um, arcade where there was multiples of games. It was more you would go to, again, as you said, a dairy or the fish and chip shop. Or I even remember uh, the swimming pools that just have the one singular arcade machine. And yeah, I think my memory, exactly the same, was when I came across Golden Axe. Yeah, dope. And yeah, just everyone crowded around it. And I was like, hang on, what? I thought I was coming to, because I was doing swimming lessons at the time, which, you know, the half hour before was me like, I don't want to go. Like, you know, but the minute I got there, it was like, I'd go to watch kids play, do my swimming lesson. And then, you know, I didn't have any money myself, but just watching kids play and just, yeah, being enamored with it in these small town rinky dink fucking swimming pools, just being like, what is this? It blew my mind. It's insane, hey, and they're like they they take your money and that, but it's like you run out of coins and then someone else is jabbing it. You can just watch the other person play. Yep. Man, yeah, this this game was cool. So I had a quick um quick look online about about it and it's like um it was a single or two player for tag team. So that's mm-hmm. what was really cool about it, is that you work together. So it's like a two player, two stick cabinet, but you're you're playing co op. So that's like, oh my god, no wonder it was so awesome. Based loosely on WrestleMania three. The character selection was, I even remember at the time being like, oh, there's not too many there, but there's the ones you want, I guess. There's Hulk Hogan, Macho Man, Ultimate Warrior, Big Boss Man, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, and the Honky Tonk Man. The Megabucks was like the end boss. That, that was million- uh, Ted DiBiase? Yeah, so Million Dollar Man and, and Andre Andre the Giant. Gotcha. But they weren't playable unless you like hack it and you can like fuck with the game and, yep. and then you can you can play as them and the whole thing with them was um there was grappling in the game but you couldn't the trick was with andre the giant you couldn't grapple him so you had to fight him other because he's too big he's too big yep yeah so that was something you'd have to discover yeah that was that was a that was it that was my section on that and i just um <laughs> yeah again I, I find it hard to put into words how awesome it was but it, it gives me this whole nostalgia of like wrestling the time the dairy the cards i was collecting the chewing mm. gum I, the chewing gum i can remember remember the like the smell and the taste and then what was cool about it is the cards were like whoa like because like i remember like jake the snake and he's like holding a fucking snake with his like shirt off and it's like <laughs> i'm just like whoa this is real badass like they were quite exciting to look at because the, they're not just my point is it wasn't just the wrestlers they're like have you know for example like a snake or some shit like that so it was like exciting to to see and man i i wanted more and i definitely think that if the if if, if it was on tv more then and i was allowed to watch it now i mean i would have loved to go see that as a kid live i mean that would just be mind-blowing imagine being those lucky kids that mm. grew up going with their parents going to see wrestling yes oh, man that would be amazing but I anyway that's that period you hear stories about like a lot of the maybe not so much the current crop but like sort of the mid mid crop between now and then how many wrestlers actually were sort of going to those events and became wrestlers because of it yes yeah like the, i've seen a photo of like the rock and he's watching his dad wrestle and stuff mm. yeah so that, that anyway in a nutshell that was my um mid-school memory what is your mid-school memory matt okay now i will admit initially i was stumped by 1989 because my brain just was like i would have been what one and a half but you know i realized that was stupid you're a bit older than that and you know sort of thinking about it i was like actually there was a lot of games that i could have talked about the one i picked though often at a time you didn't have access to every console available i remember every time that we would have to go shopping to to the mall i remember old queensgate 
being one or just even sort of around uh, Upper Hutt, Maidstone Mall. Uh, you know, you're dragging your feet with your parents. But I would always rush into farmers because they used to have an in-store Game Boy. Hell had, yeah. Didn't have a Game Boy at the time, but I was just like, oh, you know, every time I went in there, I was like, can we please buy one? Because <laughs> I'd, you know, be like, well, look, it's handheld. It's, it's, it's the future of video games. There was only ever one game that you could play while you were in Farmers, and it was Tetris. I really don't know how much to, to go through or how much I need to explain Tetris, because I feel it's just one of those games that everybody knows. Every console that's ever existed, every computer is usually packaged with a form of Tetris. It's, you know, on your phone. I think it was actually the first game we ever had on our first ever PC. It was not obviously an official version, because the rights and rules and the ownership of, of Tetris is insane. Because it was created by a guy called, and um, excuse me if I butcher his name, uh, Alexei Pachetinov. He's like a Russian or something, eh? Like he's yeah, like he, he Czech was Russian. or he Russian, Russian, okay. He worked for like the Soviet Academy of Sciences, where like they worked in a period where basically everything that they created, there was like no such thing as intellectual property. Because, you know, they're communists and they're still sort of in the fallout of the Cold War. Uh, so anything that they created belonged to the state. So here's a guy learning how to use computers, but he wanted to make games. He actually created it in 1984 at work on the sort of Russian computers, just trying to create a puzzle game he remembered from his childhood. So he ended up making Tetris. And he showed it around to all his mates, all his colleagues at work. And, you know, they all became addicted to it. And they were able to sort of send it out on floppy disks to other places. So basically every institute in Russia that had a computer was playing Tetris. They all got like addicted to it. Basically, you know, it sort of took off, but again, still had to be under the iron arm of Mother Russia. So, you know, he wanted to export it out, didn't know how. Uh, and I think at this stage, people were sort of hacking it onto a floppy disk. It was sort of leaving the country. And this guy, Robert Stein, ended up coming across it and basically hacked it, remade it, said he had the rights and started selling it in every other country but Russia. Rather than actually having to talk to this guy that created it, he was having to talk to the state who wanted like 80% of the revenue of it getting sold. And it went back and forth who actually owned the rights. He was trying to sell it on to everybody else. Nintendo, trying to get their hands on it, actually had to go sort of around him to Soviet Russia and talk to like Premier Vodka to try and get the rights, which they finally did uh, and distributed in 1989. And then, yeah, you because of that weird rigmarole, uh, the world now has, I, I would guess, this most uh, well-known puzzle game of all time. I feel every cell phone game owes its lineage to Tetris. It's it's just insane, you know. I, I don't know how else to really sort of explain much more of it because I don't, you know, really feel I need to run through the the gameplay. It, it is you you match blocks of different shapes, you create lines, and you get points. And it's so simplistic, but. I just remember that uh, green and grey screen of the Game Boy locked down in Farmers. But there was you'd go in and there'd be like lines for kids wanting to play it. You'd finally get your turn and, you know, you get a little bit better. You know, there was, there was knockoff versions. There was columns on the Sega. I remember that, which was quite fun because I had a Sega, didn't have a Nintendo. So played that. But yeah, Tetris. That's my mid-school memory. Mainly just... The, the line at Farmers. Fuck yeah, hard out. Yeah, I love that game. It came as a pack-in with yes. the Game Boy. The trick to it was apparently that it appealed to all ages and sexes. So yep. like women and children and adults all loved it. 
it obviously wasn't like you know like the christians and shit weren't like oh my god it's too much violence so yeah you couldn't, it, it couldn't offend yeah. anybody yeah it was the perfect storm and also it was so amazing because the game boy had an awesome price point mm. so like parents couldn't afford that couldn't afford the nes or whatever could get the game boy because then it would it's like affordable yep i was going to do super mario land which was like supposed to be the pack-in or at a point in time was the packing game for the game boy but then it switched to tetris or yep. it was tetris instead and i uh, also loved um dr mario <laughs> yep that's that's an awesome game i love which is which reminds me of it and yeah like you say there is like columns there are other games like it i feel like there's like a tengen tetris which is like a off-brand for the nes all these other companies and places and shit and like even we talked about it before in an earlier um episode there was like a bullshit brick game boy that wasn't even the real game boy yeah designed um, to look like it yeah with that, that but none of two and one but none of it it was good but it, none nothing so no i would even say any later console earlier computer anything i think the game boy version on the game boy in black and white which is fucking not black and white it's like piss muddy green like what are the four or five shades of green yeah i think that that version is the best yep. by far yeah awesome game man and it's cool that yeah you're kind of like how do i talk about this and so you go into the history of it and how it was made and yep. yeah it's super no, interesting because I, I don't think i nearly even scratched the surface on all the sort of who owned the rights it was you know two or three different guys outside of even russia saying they own the rights and certain yep. companies were distributing it and yeah it was actually nintendo having to get hands on and you know go speak to to the actual russian government to be like can we can we buy the rights yeah i That's... think uh, the guy ended up did getting the rights back after like a 10 year like they leased it and he like there was some sort of fine print where in, in 10 years he would get the rights to it, it would revert back to him so i believe he does own the rights finally now but he definitely lost out on a lot of money during its, you know, initial run because that's when, you know, it was the most popular game in the world for a period. What an amazing game! What an awesome packing game, eh? It's it's sort of like you could just have that on the Game Boy and you can be stoked. Yeah, yeah. It's still, it's still like one of those games that I feel you can just you can come back to uh, even after years of not playing it, and you still just you know the rules, you know how it works, and you can play it and get enjoyment. And I love that you have a memory of seeing the. Um... The display cabinet i've never seen it does this thing where like i wish i could go back in time and see that um i have researched like because going back a lot of the stuff you bring up it's all american and stuff like that and i was like what if there's so there's like um the upper heart newspaper which is where i'm from where we're from in a sense mm -hmm. and um i searched up sega and i found like there's a like this little boy that um they obviously had a competition for the sega master system too i think it was something to do with um Alex Kidd. Like, I would love to talk to this guy now. Like, that would be one guy I would love to <laughs> yeah. to interview and be like, do you remember this? Hopefully he would remember, you yeah. know, not like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, my I'm parents sure sold that was, immediately. If he was that into it, it surely. But yeah, there's, there was just like this article like on, on the internet and it has this photo and he's stoked and he had won the competition and I was just like, man, that's cool that they had competitions back in the day and that and that um, a kid can like perform under pressure like that because there's obviously like the Nintendo World Championships and all this stuff in America and that, but yeah, I was trying to find out if there was, there must've been little comps in New Zealand, little old New Zealand and, you know, where you get like a t-shirt and that. And I think of how much that shit would be worth to someone now, like mm. that sort of stuff. And like, like you say, like, I wonder where that, um, 
that Game Boy display cabinet is somewhere in someone's house. Um, One would hope, but also I think just at the time, collecting like that wasn't as rampant, especially in New Zealand, as it would be now. So, though, you know, I remember you were sort of saying, you know, you, you had your name written down for wanting to get that Xbox sculpture from that store where people were rushing to get that sort of stuff. But back then, you know, it probably would have just got turfed, which is sad to think of, but people aren't as awesome as we are. Yeah, I think I think there are some, there definitely were some collectors. So I follow a lot of stuff about like full on rare Nintendo games and stuff like that. But people, oddly enough, back in the day have like 10 sealed copies of games that are like worth like, you know, whatever, like 20,000, however people uh, are willing to pay for them. Um, mm. So there are those select few, but I think what happens is in New Zealand, we're so small, so there's like less, even less, because there's less shit mm -hmm. out there, but then there's less people doing it, so it becomes less and less. Uh, personally, I think that was a cool mid-school memories um, episode talking about, uh, yeah, I'm just thinking about that that cabinet that you saw and how awesome that was that you would have been jamming that. Yeah. It's it's fucking cool and me me jamming an arcade. It's sort of like a, it's a it was a cool time to be alive. Yeah, man. Even though you know at the time you probably don't even quite realizing it. It just uh, happenstance that it was something that we actually are into. It wasn't just a passing fad for us, yeah. which was cool. It's like we were we were real. It was in the back of our minds all the time. You know, it's mm. not like something you just go, oh, that's that, and walk away. It's like that's cool, and it's still cool, and it's still yeah. it was cool then, and it's still cool now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, and going forward, mid-school memories. Next week, I am picking the year 1990. 1990. Cool, man. Well, that was our last coin, our last continue, and our last life. We've reached the kill screen. That's it for us in this episode. Thanks for listening. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, with the main plug being the Insta, where I try and post gaming and screenshots and toys that I like and think that are rad. It's a bye from me. And a bye from me. Catch us on the next episode of It Bleeds Pixels. You made a lot of promises to the macho man, didn't you? Promises that you didn't keep. And not only are you a hot dog, a grandstander, a showboat, and a prima donna, but you're a liar too. And let me tell you something. You say you love me like a brother. Well, listen to this. I hate you. I hate your guts. Goodbye.